Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Well, I'm going to take it back to how much he sweats again. He promises that it's not a problem in games. And it remains to be seen because his shorts today were soaked. And uh, he says it's not a problem on game day. So the moment of truth, Friday night. Uh, but apparently, you know, when they keep the, those domes air-conditioned and you get a break on the bench and you can sit with the cooling fans, I'm hoping that really helps. So that's a, a big thing I'm going to take away from Friday night is how tough was it to grip the ball after he snaps it to me. Uh, if it is tough, we might be in pistol and shotgun all year, which Coach Kubiak and Kevin wouldn't like very much. So, Biggest test of the season comes on Friday night for the Vikings and Garrett Bradbury and whether he can keep his rear dry for Kirk Cousins. Uh, Matthew Collar here, Purple Daily, a special guest in studio. I mean, of course, Alex Boone, the first thing we want you to talk about is butt sweat. No pressure. Like when when you met with Phil Mackey about coming in and doing some football talk. I didn't think this would be it. That, that's how you envisioned this it. This is what it's we're like, going to start with, huh? Can, can we talk about the center's butt sweat? Is this a real problem, Alex? No. Centers and butt sweat? I hope not. I mean, I've heard of a few guys having problems, with, but it's never been brought to the media's attention. Like, so vague, like, just so brought out of nowhere. Like, listen. How was today? It was great, but there was a lot of sweat going on. Let me tell you about it. Like, that's just a little too much for me. Right? I mean, we didn't ask him about his center's sweat. No. We just asked him, hey, so, you know, how's that that transition going? It's a rookie center. You didn't work with him last year, obviously. And he just volunteers that information. Throwing it out there. I mean, just letting everybody know. But my biggest thing is, he's a young guy. Don't put any more pressure on him than already is. Because now you guys go ask him about it, and he's like, oh, my God. Not only am I embarrassed, but now i got to worry about the ball security. And if this ball gets fumbled, it's definitely on me. It's too much. Well, you know that if there are any errant snaps, that that's going to be Everybody's going right yep. back to that. Oh, it's going it's, to change his pants. Well, well but I, my thought right away was, Garrett Bradbury better be good, because then he can move on from this. Yeah. But if he struggles, he's going to be the butt sweat guy forever. I mean, it's like the butt fumble all over. Remember that one oh, with the yes. Jets? Yes. I mean, you start talking about that. They played that out way too long, and this could be another problem. So uh, linemen don't, in general, have to find solutions for this, is what you're telling me? I've never had a problem with it. I've never had a sense. <laughs> have a problem with it. I mean, I've heard of it, and I don't know how they fix these problems. I don't want to know. I mean, but I guess you're changing at halftime. That's great. Uh, okay, Alex, we should just talk about you being here, by the way. It's because, great being here. Uh, I enjoyed covering you as a reporter in 2016 when you played for the Vikings, and I think people remember some of your more infamous quotes, like telling the fans to shut the bleep up so you could operate on offense and the Packers will win the Super Bowl over your dead bleeping body. Um, I was but, right about that, by the way, though. That's right. They, I mean, they, technically, they I was Bowl. right. Nailed it. I'm sorry. I saw it a mile <laughs> away. What do you want me to say? But um, now, you know, people don't always catch the other stuff where, uh, and I was saying before we went on here of like your ability to break down the game is as good as anyone that I've been around. And uh, I'm really interested about just your post career now because you and I are the same age, but you're like retired. And you know, that's weird, weird. right? It's like, I'm just getting a break here in my young career. And you're like, how old is this guy? And we're the same age, but how has that gone for you? It's, you know, it's, it's a transition. It goes from like full-on pace to 100% to way down. But, I mean, I have four kids. They keep me busy. I'm on a busy street with lots of kids. I'm trying to get into the broadcasting. It's just fun for me, you know, talking football, talking ball. I remember sitting in rooms, and, and I would be sitting around these guys like Randy Moss, and they would sit there and they'd say, listen, man, 
And you know Randy, he talked like this. He said, man, you know, listen, you got to take notes on everything. And I'd be like, everything? But everything, man, everything. The more you know, the better you'll be. That's not a bad Randy. And it was. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it, it bothered him sometimes when I would do that around him. But <laughs> And he was right, because the more you knew, the better the offense would be, and the more you could understand the offense. So I took notes on everything. So when it comes to breaking down plays, I was like, I totally understand why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense to me. And I would, I'd never understood why other guys would struggle, because I always felt like it was just, am I paying attention or am I not paying attention? Am I taking notes? Am I being lazy? So... To break down film, talk football, it's always been so fun for me. And to be around the guys, you know, come around you guys and we have to talk old games and stuff like that. We were just talking about the 1996 game you like to watch. You know, I mean, it's, that stuff is fun for me. So um, do People don't realize how smart Randy Moss was about football, do they? Incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so funny because I remember, like, these meetings, he'd be sitting there and they'd be like, Randy, what do you think about this? He'd be like, man, if my hand goes up, throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I would just start dying laughing. I'd be like, Kev, you heard him. Just throwing the ball, dude. And he was great because another thing, too, is, you know, Giro was so diabolical. He'd be like, hey, Randy, what if you we wanted you to cut us like a cornerback randomly? He'd be like, all right, man, I'm in. <laughs> he, just, he would have no rules. Like He'd be like, I'm in. I'll do it. Just uh, tell me when. I covered Greg Roman in Buffalo before I moved here. Okay. A very innovative offensive mind. He got a lot out of Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. So yeah. he, was, he was always fun to cover. Um, but uh, as you kind of make this transition, was it tough, though? Because, I mean, you're probably playing football from the time you're a little kid and you've always got that in your life to now it's not and you're sort of figuring yourself out. Yeah, I mean, it was tough for me because I always felt like I was so young. Like Even now, I still feel like I could play. And You know, I just... One of those things, that I, I love football so much, I gave it so much, that the minute you're done, you know, you hear so many guys talk about it, and they're like, man, listen, when it's over, it's going to be really weird, because everything just slows down around you, and it's not, hey, we got to go here now, and we got to do this now, mm-hmm. and there's no more time to wait, and, you know, you're sitting around, and you're like, all right, well, this is what waiting's like, I guess, and, and you know, you're just kind of hanging out, but I found that, you know, getting into broadcasting, talking football, has, it's mm-hmm. fun, I, you know, I coach my son's football team, take the kids to school, get to do stuff, it's weird, though, because my kids are like, dad, when do you go to work? I'm like, oh. I don't really go anymore. I just I'm taking you to school, I'm making lunches. You have extremely intricate play calls for your kids. Oh, like, yeah. what, where was the route adjustment? Listen, right? this seven-year-old flag football team I have is incredible. I mean, we run Ohio routes, we run China routes, we run shotgun. I lined up in shotgun last season, and this other coach from the other team looked at me like, "Dude, you can't be serious." <laughs> I was like, listen, these kids are smart. And this is my philosophy with kids is they're so smart because I see my kids with the phones and the iPads, and I'm like, you know what? Everyone says kids don't understand. I don't, I'm, I'm going to try something. So I'm like, hey, listen, guys, this is how we run Ohio routes in the NFL and in college. Next thing I know, they know an Ohio route. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, let's run a China route. We start running China routes. And then all of a sudden we start putting stuff together, and these kids pick it up so fast. They're like, it totally makes sense, coach. And I'm like, God, I feel like a little genius out here almost. <laughs> But the other coaches get mad because they're like, dude, you don't have to do it in shotgun. Like, that's just showing off. I'm like, I know, but I got to show these kids how to do it. You're basically the flag football McVeigh. Got to be. I got to um, be. Kind of, more or less. Well, that's really cool that you're you're making this transition to broadcasting. Uh, my friend Chuck Whitlock said that he bumped into you in uh, Los Angeles when you're out there doing some NFL Network stuff. Yeah. And you're doing XM Serious stuff. And I, when... Phil Mackey said, "Yeah, Alex is doing broadcasting things." I was not surprised at all. Like, I don't. I don't think a lot of people were. It's I, just. It, it always seemed to me like there are certain guys who are totally comfortable with it, and others who are like, "No, get you guys away from me." Absolutely, and I think you can see those guys instantly. They put on the political face and they give you the political answers. I've just never been a fan of that. I've always wanted to be honest and real. And yeah, it's gotten people to hate me, but at the end of the day, I never lied to anybody, so I can hang my head on that. Which is hard to do in football. It and is. Probably it, sometimes they wish you did. I mean, there's a few times where I've had a sugar coat and you're like, well, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was because, but you're in honest, I mean, people see football. You can't really, it's so transparent. You can't really lie about it. And when you do, people come back with me and they're like, they're so political about it. Like, why can't you just give me an honest answer? Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll always give you an honest answer then. And I think it's hard for players because there's usually to me two different versions of each player the in front of the cameras for local television and the vikings website yeah. and then the off to the side all i have is a recorder and we're just doing a one-on-one story uh, i could see why players would a not know how to differentiate that right. but also not want quotes about their butt sweat on the vikings website <laughs> or something right like i mean you, that's you, an extreme they know that the head coach is going to watch 
the Vikings uh, entertainment stuff that they put up and see what every one of the players says. So you're not going to get anything out of them. So a lot of times when the TV cameras are over there, I'm on the other side of the room because I know that that guy is not going to want that on tape. Right. And I think a lot of it, too, is you take so many people's words out of context now that they're like, listen, I don't even want to say anything. Like sure. if I say anything off of the beaten path, it's going to get pulled out of context mm-hmm. and I'm going to look bad. And then all of a sudden you're in the coach's office like, listen. I swear to God, I didn't say it like that. That's not at all how it came out. Let me show you. But by then, they don't care because it's already hit the media and everyone's already talked about what you said. And I didn't really say it like that. So I think guys are just like, listen, I'm going to play the safe approach and just be smart. Yeah, and and we've been through that a few times before. With I remember a Latavius Murray ankle incident where it was something about he said it wasn't a hundred percent when he came back, but then he tried to circle back and say no, that's not what I really said because he realized that he had revealed some information. Right. And it's and, and and usually though all these little games are just because you guys only play once a week. Right. I mean, if this was baseball, we would get over these things in just about a second. Right. But everything gets blown up in the NFL. Well, it's because every game's so important. I mean, look at Andrew Luck right now. I mean, I know it's not a big deal right now but eventually it's going to be if it continues to go down this path because like you said every week is so important and every mm-hmm. game is so important it's not like baseball where it's like hey listen we lost eh, it's okay we'll get them tomorrow you lose one now and it's like well we've got pushback in the standings i don't know what this is going to do later on mm-hmm. and then not only that but you're revealing too much and i think guys get caught off guard you know and it's it's you ask them a simple question and they want to be honest but at the same time they're trying to beat around the bush and I'm trying to not give you enough but I kind of gave you too much and it's just <laughs> it's I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's a delicate balance especially because coaches are crazy. And yeah. like and when there's so much pressure going on, there's it's a fascinating difference between training camp Mike Zimmer and mid-season Mike Zimmer because in training camp reporters a couple of us will go and have a side session with him at his golf cart and he'll often be great and just like thoughtful with his answers it doesn't seem annoyed or frustrated but if we're talking two two losses in a row at the podium or something yeah it's a very different and i understand why that is so you could see where the pressure gets to people and then everything they end up being paranoid about right and then you know when i was in san francisco they used to say we're paranoid about being paranoid and they were (laughs) like they would everything you'd say they'd be watching you in the back of the room like a coach would stare at you like like, okay, that was a good answer. No, that was not good. No, no, go back and clarify. Like you and you're constantly Man. like, God, I'm gonna watch over my shoulder, and now we're losing, and I gotta watch what I really say. And it's just it's like this cat and mouse game, and you gotta know how to navigate that. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've found it to be um uh, to to have more success asking players to break down how football works for me. Yeah. As a because in general terms, that's usually never a problem because right. everyone knows how this stuff goes and Fans really like to read about it, but if you're asking, so you know, how you guys gonna run this play against New Orleans, or 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 they want you know bulletin board material, yeah. things like this. So it's a it's a very sort of delicate thing that players have to deal with that I'm sympathetic to, but also annoyed by. If I that agree. makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, this is one of these things that you know. I think you when you talk about the game, players will open up instantly, but it's when you start talking about other things, other players, other teams mm-hmm. that they automatically yeah. shut down. They're like, I don't know how far down the rabbit hole I want to go. Whereas I was like, I don't really care. I mean, I'm going to play this defense regardless whether they're pissed off or not. I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean the, the, these guys are like, don't give them Bolton board material. You're in the NFL. If you need to get hyped up for a game, you should not be in the NFL. So right. I don't know anybody that's like, dude, I read that quote about me that you said. <laughs> I'm coming for you this week. Like, alright, bro, I got you. It seems like something that would happen in like the 60s or something. Like some guy was coming off of his first job heading to football. Oh, he said, what about me? (laughs) Now I'm really going to work out and try. Um, (laughs) Alex, uh, for this this first segment, I want to ask you a little bit more about your Vikings career, um, and then we can talk about this offense and some real football-y football things. But when you think of the year that you were here, like what comes to mind immediately for 2016 other than Boy, that went bad eventually. Tragic. It was yeah. tragic. I mean, it, the year started off so wrong, and, and especially in my eyes, because when I got here, I was really excited to be here, and I was excited because it was another smash mouth coach like Jim Harbaugh that I had had that I respected a lot, you know, and a guy that had been through the ranks, a Bill Parcells guy, somebody that came from the top. And I got here, and instantly it was just not what I thought it was going to be. And I and I say that with this. I got here, one of our star players got hurt the first day. And I was instantly like, you know what? This is not going well. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was talking to this player and I was like, you know, man, maybe if you cared a little bit more, we wouldn't have this problem. Maybe if you had to try and instantly like the excuses came out and I was like, you know what? Me and this dude, we're just not gonna get get along. And then Teddy gets hurt. 
And mm-hmm. that is tragic. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a very serious situation that you're six inches away from, and you're like, dude, I don't know what to do for you. And I'm trying to help you, and I'm trying to figure this out. And, you know, people are frantically running around. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen people run so fast at a football practice. Yeah. I mean, trainers and coaches and executives are like, we need to move. So you deal with that on a practice that maybe we didn't need to have, but you deal with that. Then Adrian goes down. Then we lose Khalil again. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like, it just spirals out of control. And then we're dealing with an, a shuffling of an offensive line of guys that are getting hurt constantly, and we're trying to replace them, and we're trying to get the continuity back. And that's such a dangerous thing to do because you start throwing in random people, and people are like, hey, how come you guys are not getting along? I just met this guy five minutes <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, Jake Long shows up out of nowhere. And, and, and Jake was great. Tears his Achilles on the second to last play against Washington. No. I could not have pictured that in my wildest dreams. I remember standing there and I was setting and I was looking out and all of a sudden he just got real stiff and fell straight back and I was like, oh my God, he had a heart attack. He didn't even run for like two years after that or be able to even jog. That's because he got hurt. So he tears his Achilles. He has surgery on it. He gets hurt again on like an airplane and oh. has to have a surgery again. And I was talking to him before and he was like, man, I've had 16 major surgeries. And I was like, dude... Why are you here? Yeah, right. What are That's you doing? Crazy. What are you trying to prove? Yeah. You are a great left tackle. Like you have nothing yeah. to prove to people like me. And he was like, "Man, I just love the game." And I can relate. Like I understand why you want to be around the guys and you want to be competitive. You know, you have a drive to want to go out and be better and and just be a physical person. And so, it, it, I mean, that year was abysmal. And we tried and we fought like hell. And and you know, it was it was what it was. You know, what I think of is the number of games that were. Almost there. Yeah. Just the, there was Detroit. There was Dallas. The game where Zimmer couldn't coach because of his eyeball, right. and Adam Thielen fumbles a punt. Like of all people to yeah. make a mistake, it's the guy who almost never does. Yeah. You know. And then in Detroit, the late game interception by Bradford. Uh, I mean, I, I've come away from that season thinking a lot about Sam Bradford and kind of how close he was to completely changing the narrative on his career. Right. Right. His career was a uh, bus guy who made a lot of money and right. never won anything. He was a couple of games away, a couple of passes away from that actually being a good move to trade for him and a good season, and just everything kind of went wrong. Blair misses field goals yeah. that year. The plane goes off the tarmac. The uh, yeah, yeah, Green Bay. We were stuck I, for like five hours. I mean, it was everything. Everything that could have went wrong that year went wrong. And and I agree with you. I think that had Sam had a great year, that would have revived his whole career. And mm-hmm. I think people forget we were five and zero to start that year. At yeah. one point, we were in the locker room like, wait a minute, we're the best team in the NFL, and every one's got a lot of criticism like we're not understanding where it's coming from and i think a lot of it had to do with people trying to manage the criticism and how it got infiltrated into the rooms and there were some guys that just couldn't handle it you know and that's the thing that people don't understand is that some football players aren't prepared to handle the criticism that comes with this job and at the end of the day i don't care who you are you're paid to handle criticism whether you believe it whether you don't believe it However you decide to take it is your responsibility, but you have to take it. And there was guys that would like resist it and throw it and be like, no, I don't want to hear this. I can't do this right now. And it was, it Mm. just spiraled so many people out of control. Well, and today there's just going to be criticism no matter what you do. I mean, you could type into Twitter, I like ice cream. And then a bunch of people would say, well, that makes you fat. It's terrible for you. Like anything you do, you're going to get criticized for. I'm sure that there are people who say that, you know, Tom Brady's washed now or something. And he's just won another Super Bowl. They'd be very wrong. They would be. but (laughs) I mean, statistically, they're wrong. Anything someone will criticize. It doesn't matter what it is. And uh, it's kind of sad, though, isn't it? Like, I mean, everybody has to just kind of rain on the parade. And I, you see it when you're on the inside looking out and you're like, man, you could literally have done that perfectly and somebody will tell you he did it wrong. Yeah. I mean, sure. I remember Patrick Willis telling me that a great player once told him that he needed more from him. And this was after he had won like the defensive player of the year. He was like, <laughs> he was like, can you believe this guy came up to me and was like, you can do more? He was like, bro. I literally cannot do any more. <laughs> I did it all. I was a defensive player of the yeah. year. I was like, everyone's got criticism. And you know, yeah. that, that's and that's when I realized you need to learn how to navigate through it. Yeah, People are always going to tell you to push more. And that's to kind of fuel your drive, to give you that next, hey, listen, you can do more. You can be more. You're right. I can. I can, I can do more in the rooms or something. But some people are going to take that and they're going to go, man, this is a lot. You're putting a lot on me right now. Yeah. Like I'm giving you as much as I can right now, and you're throwing a lot at me. And sometimes it's taken the wrong way. So at the end of the day, though, that's your job is to handle that criticism. Yeah, and and that year too. I mean, it was kind of evident that those issues were gonna. I mean, North eventually. Quit. Yeah. I mean, that was huge for us. Like yeah. one day Norv's here, one day Norv's yeah. not, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> 
Those seas just don't up and walk out. Right, right. What right. is going on right, right now? This place could not be any more explosive. And, it was, and, and that was the, the crazy thing is that he quit at 5-2. and two. Right. Like it, it was a tough loss against Philly in a game that you could have probably won with a couple of more good throws or bounces. I think there's a, a tip ball that gets picked in the red zone or yeah. something by Bradford. And then you go to Chicago, you lay an egg. Not the first time the Vikings have ever done that in Chicago. It's like the house of horrors there. That was Halloween, and, though. Uh, yeah, that's right. That was that's right. Halloween. It was okay? Halloween. That's right. Um, and But I don't think anybody thought at that point, well, Vikings are done. But after Norv quit, then there was the feeling, okay, something is really wrong here. And plus, what was going on at the tackle position at that point is who's even playing tackle this week? That was tough. I mean, we had Andre Smith to start the season and Matt Khalil. Both of them go down to injury. I mean, uh, Andre tears his tricep. Matt tears his hip. We got TJ Clemmings in here. We got Searles in here. We got Jake Long in here. We got, I mean, we were bringing in everybody that we could find. Rashad Hill shows up at the Rashad end. Rashad Hill came in and played well for us. But at the end of the day, it was, we could never get the same five guys out for two weeks in a row. It yeah. was like everybody always, I mean, because we were up in, in uh, Chicago, I got knocked out. Knocked mm-hmm. out cold. That's right. And so all of a sudden I'm missing a game, and then all of a sudden I come back and Fusco's got to miss a game, and then Berger gets knocked out. I mean, it was just a really awkward year. I think Willie Beavers played in an actual football game at that point. Yeah. He had been cut uh, as a fourth-round pick and then brought back. <laughs> well, you, at this point I look back and I go, what could be worse, Willie Beavers or Eric Flowers? Mm, we might have got the better end of that. Yeah, yeah you probably did. You probably, <laughs> at one point, well, I remember this being sort of a point of contention. At one point, you had said that you would play tackle because you played tackle in like, I wanted college. To. I wanted to so yeah. bad. I went to Tony and I said, Tony, listen. I, I, and it was more for my own selfishness that I was like, you know what? I just, I'm kind of sick of this rotation over here at left tackle. Why don't you just move me out and put somebody at guard? I know I can do it. I played Robert Quinn. I've played JPP and OC Umanura at left tackle. I've played them all. Like, just move me out. And he was like, no, nah, I want to keep you where you are. And you're, mm. you know, you're just doing fine and you just stay put. But, and that was, to, to the credit, that was my fault for doing that because that was me being frustrated and kind of like I can do more than I should. And sure. that's my number one rule is why a team will always struggle is when guys are like, I got to do more. Mm-hmm. I can do more. Instead of just doing your job, you're like, I need to fix. I need to help the problem. I need to fix it. Because when you're in it, you feel really good when you're looking at it. But then when you're in the game, you're like, man, this just doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, and I, I can't gel with this guy and I can't gel with this guy because we're all just getting put together and then we're rotating guys in the game. And that's when. You know, we would put Sarrells at right tackle and move Jake to right tackle and TJ to left and then Sarrells to, and it was like, listen, we can't be playing musical chairs in a game. Like, this is for practice. And that was one of the things that, you know, we had to do. As reporters, we couldn't keep up with who was playing where for, for as a player, I could not (laughs) keep up with who was playing where. I mean, (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. There was guys in the room. I was like, coach, what is his name? (laughs) Who is this guy? They're like, oh, we just got him. He's going to start this week. Okay. Well, where we go. So I'll tell you about uh, just how I am with sports. Uh, we play like rec league basketball. Okay. And if I make a mistake, it will keep me up at night. Yes. Like it doesn't mean anything, but it just, it still does. I'm like that. Is the 2016 season like that to you where yes. it still keeps you up at night? Absolutely. I mean, that was a year that I don't think I got any sleep because it was constantly breaking down film, watching film, trying to figure out what was wrong. And, for me, I knew what the problem was, but I wanted to resist against it. I wanted to be like, you know what? It can't be the continuity. It's got to be something else. I got to pick my game up. I need to try and get so-and-so to pick his game. You know, And a lot of it, too, was young guys were getting thrown in there. And mm-hmm. young guys don't know how to handle criticism from a pro coach. Because sure. a lot of times, they're just they're not going to give you the goods. They're always going to give you the bats. Because we <laughs> right. don't have time to sit here and stroke you, dude. I'm sorry, but right. we got time yeah. to sit here and cut into you. So he would, they'd be cutting into these young players, and these guys wouldn't respond. They would mm-hmm. sit there, and they would just take it and take it. And then after the meeting, they'd be like, dude, you know, these coaches are coming down so hard. And he'd be like, dude, look, <laughs> this is a business. Yeah. If you're not prepared, you need to go out that door. But these guys are trying to make you better. Whether you take it or not, we'll, we'll see next week if you're out there in the game. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of the things that coaches, they want to see how do you, are you coachable. If I tell this guy to change, will he fix it? You know, that's why everybody always wonders about these preseason games. What's up with the preseason? It's to see what the young guys are going to do. We've mm-hmm. coached yeah. you for two weeks now. Are you going to continue to do what we tell you to do? Or are you going to go to survival mode and what yeah. you did in college, which is wrong? So that's why this is all, <laughs> yeah. which it is, because I've seen these college kids coming out. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is rough. Yeah. Like These guys are like, so what's a huddle? I'm like, oh, my God. All right. <laughs> I can't do this right now. That's I gotta right. go. I gotta go home. Where, where's the man on the sideline with the giant picture? I know the color, the blue. Whatever, right? yeah. the, it's red. It's red. Oh, guys, it's red. And, and you look at these guys. They're looking over at the sideline, and I'm always asking, like, what are you guys looking at? They're like the play. 
How do you get a play from the <laughs> sideline with a color? Like, what does blue tell you? They're like, power right. I'm like, that's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, we're in studio here with Alex Boone. When we come back, we're going to talk about the present offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings, the zone scheme. You were a power scheme guy, and uh, so you're going to break down what the zone scheme does to help offensive linemen, how it can work with the Vikings. Um, just some football-y football talk. And maybe yeah. before the end of the show, we should just talk about some favorite 90s players that you had and neck rolls. Bro, neck rolls for sure. Neck rolls. That's a 90s move right we there. We are going to get into that as we continue. Alex Boone, former Viking, in studio here. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Join me and Dan Terrar this Saturday for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and FC Dallas. Pre-game at 6.30 p.m. with kickoff at 7 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. I really don't think it's going to be a big uh, issue. You know, they've, they've been working on it for a while now anyway. But it, it'll be a process as we start going going forward. Um, you know, I think the communications on the headsets is a little bit different than it is out here. So that would be uh, that would be one part. That was Mike Zimmer there, uh, Purple Daily in studio, Alex Boone, and uh, you know you don't look like you've stopped working out, Alex. <laughs> you look rather large still. I, I got to stay busy. I, you know what? I just got done doing this uh, Kokoro thing. It's what a, is that? It's a fifty-two hour crucible with the Navy SEALs. And nope. It was the most incredible <laughs> 52 hours. It was in Temecula, which is right, like, about 45 minutes north of Coronado. And they didn't bring these, like, six SEAL instructors back, and they just put you through 52 hours of hell week. I lost, like, half a finger in it, right? I, I was looking at your bleeding finger. I didn't want it's to stare. Bleeding. It's, it's not bleeding. It's bloody, I guess, it's, it's, I would say. It's healing itself. I think if actually if you're a former offensive lineman, you should have one finger bleeding at all times. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm pissed because when I meet all the old guys, they have all the bent fingers. Oh, your fingers look fine. My fingers are straight. So when I tell them I played almost a decade, they're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, God, no. <laughs> I didn't play in the 60s, guys. Okay, get off of me. Okay, so you're in good enough shape to hang out with Navy SEALs. Um, so so I, fun, though. Now, we had a close game in rec league last night, and I played 20 minutes out of 40. <laughs> so uh, I think we're about the same in, in terms of being in shape. I told you, I got to stay busy. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's right. That's I mean, that's great because offensive linemen, it seems that they either go one way or the other after yes. retirement. Joe Thomas weighs as much as I do now. Yes. And there are other guys who it goes badly for. Mm-hmm. So much better to go your direction and stay in, in shape the way you are. But I can see how guys go the other direction because when you're first transitioning out, you're still eating like a monster. You know, you're mm-hmm. constantly yeah. trying to like, I got to refuel, I got to lift, I got to do this. But then all of a sudden you're not out practicing and running around as much. I mean, it's been hot here lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you got to imagine those training camps are hot and yeah. you're going so you're sweating i mean we would sweat 15 pounds a day mm-hmm. i mean it would just come right off and then all of a sudden you go eat a whole bunch of food so i see why guys get big i feel bad for them sometimes because i'm like dude that's that's not a good look but the guys who got skinny like joe thomas i think it's great yeah i mean it looks great and if you're garrett bradbury it's 25 pounds of sweat. <laughs> Um, Thank you, Kurt. Only in the butt area. Um, <laughs> I saw Deadspin's got it, NFL.com. This poor kid's going to get killed. You know, th- there's something about Kirk Cousins that just doesn't connect in his brain of like, this is on television. Yeah. Like, right? I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what how you look at this, but with Cousins, I think that they're going to be a little more used to this stuff with him than they would have been last year. You had, now you didn't play with him a ton because he got hurt, but Teddy Bridgewater, to me, was like the ultimate leader quarterback. Great. Yeah. And Great. then Sam was a little bit of a different kind of dude. Yeah, he was. Right? A little quirky. He was cool, though. Um, and Case Keenum, you didn't play with much. You no. would have had him in camp. He was and great. He was just A plus guy. Loved him. Kirk is just very different. Yeah, he, he is. He just comes across like he's unaware of everyone else's thoughts and feelings all the time. I feel like he overthinks a lot of stuff. You yeah. can tell he's really thinking to give you the perfect answer when you're like, man, the, just give us a little bit of something true. Like, just be honest a little bit more. I sat in meetings with him in the PA, and he's an extremely smart guy. You can yeah. tell he was analyzing a lot as they were giving yep. it to him. 
So, you know, he makes for a great quarterback. I mean, that's what you want as your quarterback, somebody that can analyze quickly and move on. But, you know, sometimes you need to just let go and be a little loose. And Sam was great at that, mm-hmm. at being super loose when the cameras weren't around and super funny. And, you know, when the cameras were around, he was a little different. And it was fine. I mean, I think all quarterbacks are like that, except for Baker, which is super fun to watch for me. Yes. Being an offensive lineman with a big personality, when you see a quarterback with one, you're like, about time, dude. <laughs> I'm sick of these Peyton Manning answers. And oh, the team was good. They were good. We're good. Okay, I got to go. Okay. Yeah. I, I need you to confirm something about Sam Bradford because yes. I have long said that I've never seen anyone throw a football like him in training camp. Like the way that he could just throw a football was incredible. I mean, his accuracy down his the field accuracy was, it was stupid. It was wild. Yeah. And and anytime I've ever seen people make fun of Sam Bradford for making too much money, like, like you should see the skill that this guy has on a practice field. You it's insane. Should, yeah. It was and not only that, but his his brain, the way his brain I mean, he would go to the receivers and be like, Hey, maybe if you break that hitch off around here, it would be a little bit better. I never saw a receiver argue with him, like, okay. Hmm. They'd just be like, Okay, yeah. we'll do it. And, and the way the ball would come off his hands, it would shoot out of there. And it was accurate to a T. It was awesome to play with him. He threw one in the night practice to Stephon Diggs that was probably 50 yards down the field. Laser beam throw, right perfectly accurate into his hands. <laughs> I went like, I think this might be a good year for Sam Bradford. Of course, I was wrong because yeah. it, it, you know, he got hurt, um, as has happened to him many times. But I think that it was more injuries for him why his career went sideways than talent by far. Oh, absolutely. That he deserved to be a number one pick and teams deserved to give him a shot. And it was just the, a little bit the same with Teddy, where the knee got in the way. Yeah, and you know, the thing about Sam was when I was in San Fran, we played him twice a year. He was great quarterback. I mean, he knew how to manage the game. He had, he had very minimal talent around him, but he still put on a performance. And people forget how big he was when he came in the league. He was a mm-hmm. big dude. I remember watching him, and I was like, man, that's a big quarterback. And then when I saw him here, obviously you go through two ACLs, you're going to get a little bit thinner and be a little leaner. Mm-hmm. You want to be smarter with the knees. So, you know, I think people always saw him, and they're like, man, he's kind of frail looking, but he could put the ball mm-hmm. where it needed to be. And on the run, surprisingly, because he wasn't mobile, no. but he could roll out, and he'd be moving full speed to his right, and he could throw it 20, 30 yards down the field right on a dime. Cannon. It was, it was wild. And it's unfortunate of what happened because I think he would have been the long-term quarterback here. Um, of course, Teddy would yeah. have two even before yeah. him. Um, but let's, let's talk about this team. Um, so there, everybody's talking about Gary Kubiak, the Kubiak offense, the play actions, marrying the play action with the run and the zone system. Um, explain it to me from an offensive lineman's eyes of why this system can help what the Vikings have in terms of talent on their offensive line. Well, I think the thing about the zone that everyone's going to it is because it's an easy scheme to understand, and a lot of it is double teams. And, you know, when you talk about a power offense, you're talking about downhill plays, and those are always tough for an offensive lineman to block because you're giving defenders so many different ways to go on you, and you, you're you basically manned up on somebody in front of you, and you're like, hey, listen, if he goes inside, i got to go with him. If he goes outside... I might have to track him. I might not. There's a little more thinking when it comes to like a, a gap and a draw and an ISO because you're like, if these parts move on me, then I have to rethink everything and I'm moving with them. Whereas the zone, it's like, I'm going to step. And if, if something comes to me, I'm going to take it. If not, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a hand up for the guy behind me and I'm going to go. So for me, when I used to talk to offensive coordinators about why we're running zones, they'd say, listen, you can make more mistakes in a zone and there'll mm-hmm. still be more of a play for you. You know, it's, it's like when you're watching Le'Veon with the Steelers, you know, there's not always a hole to be seen, but all of a sudden at the last second, it kind of opens up and yeah. shows itself. It's like it yeah. rears its ugly head and it's like, oh, there it is right there. As, a, <laughs> as opposed to like a power where it's like, listen, you can only run this in the A gap. You cannot run this anywhere but the A-gap. So yeah. if that A-gap isn't open, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, when you're running zones, you're saying, hey, listen, this could go front side, this could go back side, this could go around the edge if we can seal the edge. There's so many more play designs off of it. The way I've always understood it from a running back's perspective is you have the three options, right? You can either go outside if it's there, right. cut it back if it's there, and if neither of those options, that must mean that somebody over-pursued on the other to- other side, and then you just take off the other way, right. which could be huge for Delvin Cook, who makes insanely quick cuts and can go back the other direction and, and break off explosive plays. Absolutely. And I think a lot of this, too, is people always say, well, what's good for the offensive line? Well, what's the running back? You know, I was just talking to a guy, Marcel Reed, who played for the Raiders for a long time, and we were talking about how we feel like running backs are kind of pigeonholing themselves because you hear about these running backs and it's, well, he can run the zone really well or he can run the ISO and the power really well or he's really good out of the backfield running routes. 
Well, they're all really good at the same thing. I don't know why everyone's kind of saying, well, he can only do this. I mm-hmm. think that running backs are just giving themselves a bad label. Like, you should be able to do everything as a running back. You should yeah. have great vision everywhere. I played with Frank Gore, and Frank could do anything you asked Frank, he could do it. And it was because he would just say, okay, hey, I need you to run the power. Okay, I need you to run the zone. Got it. Mm-hmm. I need you to run this Texas route. Well, whatever makes the team better, I'll mm-hmm. do it. You know. So I think that Dalvin makes a great zone offense even better. He's got the, like you said, he's got the great explosive one cut and gone. And yeah. at the end of the day, when you have three different choices, you're opening it up for the running back to say, hey man, I'm going to make this right. I'll make you guys right at the mm-hmm. end of the day, which is fun. Yeah, And the way that I've thought of it is, if you have Delvin Cook drawing the attention, knowing he can do many different things, that uh, he, even though there are a lot of good play-action offenses that work without amazing running backs, I would think that it would enhance it even more in terms of the linebackers' attention on Delvin Cook. So with Kirk Cousins, giving him more space to roll out and, and do the bootleg stuff, I think is really important because if there's one big knock on him, aside from saying weird things in press conferences... <laughs> It's the fact that he just will stand in one spot in the pocket and sort of pat the ball and pat the ball, which I know some offensive linemen say, I like to know where you are back right, there. Right, right, But at the same time, if they're coming right at you and you don't move, you're going to fumble, <laughs> which happened right. on a number of occasions. So it seems like they're sort of protecting Kirk Cousins against his biggest weakness by doing this. Well, not only that, but if you can get, and I think people say, you know, the linebacker's attention, you want the safety's attention. That's what's controlling this defense. If you can get a safety in the box and all of a sudden they think it's zone, but it's really a play action, well, now you've got one less defender deep to mm-hmm. protect them. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that's what you really want is you're, you're saying, hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to run this ball until you bring nine in the box. And then all of a sudden, we're going to force you to go play back. And then all of a sudden, it's a cat-mouse game. What are we doing? I'm not sure. Can we load the box? You know, I remember when I played in San Francisco, we played dime, nickel, and and the whole game. Because they were like, I dare you to run on us. We yeah, had some of the sure. most stout D linemen. And they'd say, go ahead. You can run the ball. We'll, we'll block it against five. Mm-hmm. We'll put Patrick Willis in the middle, and I dare you to run the ball on us. And it, w- it would work every time. But... When you can get a defense that's going to start throwing eight, nine guys in the box, well, now all of a sudden your play action is huge because your offensive lineman is basically just mudding everything up. We're going to zone step to the left, and we're going to wash everybody down. They're all going to think we're running zone. Everyone's going to step up, and then you got Diggs and Thielen running deep. I mean, it's just it's such a perfect system for what they have. I knew there were problems last year with John Filippo and the play calling when the Vikings went to Chicago and Riley Reef was one-on-one with Khalil Mack on like 10 straight passes. Yeah, I, I like, saw that. You know, Reef is a tough guy and I've got a lot of respect for him, but it's Khalil Mack. I agree. I mean, you just you just can't leave the offensive lineman one-on-one with the best defensive player in the league. No, I agree. And But there's going to be times where you are matched up one on one. I mean, I was, we were in uh, Arizona and we played Aaron Donald and we ran 62 protection the whole game. And I thought it was like a joke. And then the line slid to the right. And I, here was me and AD all alone <laughs> the whole game. And, and that, that's what they say to you, though. Like, listen, you're paid to do this. You got to be able to do it. And if it's 10 plays, you got to bow up for 10 plays. And at the end of the day, this play action is going to help because the defense is going to be on their heels, but it slows the D lineman down as well. Because at the end of the day, they're thinking, well, it's a run. Now I got to fire off the ball. Now I'm out of control. Then your guards coming across to just clean guys up, and they think it's a run, and it's really a pass, and it, it, that's when the the game really becomes fun for the offensive line. Was it uh, difficult to switch between the things? I mean, between certain schemes, if no. you're doing gap stuff and zone, no. every lineman should be able to do that. Everybody should be able to, and that's why that's another thing that I always thought was a joke was like, oh, this guy's not going to be good zone blocker. Why? Because he can't step to his right. You're an offensive lineman. Of course, you can step to your right. You're just not. You're not fast enough. You're not. You're being lazy. You're not giving enough effort. You know. I mean, we ran in in Frisco. We ran the power offense just as well as we did the zone offense. And it was, hey, listen, if you can't make this block, we'll find somebody that will. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. I'm just trying to look up what Pro Football Focus gave you for a grade against Los Angeles. Good against the run, not so much against the pass because of Aaron Donald. See, I told you. I mean, the dude is electric. <laughs> did you did you use the look about the uh, the PFF grades? No. I feel like everybody looks now. Never. No? Never. I, you know what? I was not a fan of PFF. Number one, because they never had any real football players. And number two, because they weren't my coaches. So what the hell would they know? I mean, at the end of the day, they sit there and they go, well, we're going to grade off this zone scheme. But there was a lot of weeks that we'd go in and say, hey, listen, we're going to zone this, but we're going to cut it right here. So it's going to look really funky. And what we'd say was, backside, the guard would always be the cut 
right? And mm-hmm. we'd, we'd let the front side run the zone, and the back side would just seal off. So there'd automatically be a lane right there in the middle. So there's mm-hmm. your first lane. Your second lane could be if your tackle overreaches the defensive end. If he hooks him, there's your second lane. Mm-hmm. And so then you would look at this, and I'm sure some people looking at it would be like, oh, that guard definitely messed up. Like, he went the wrong way. But it wasn't. It was to split the defense mm-hmm. right away, and it forces that linebacker over the backside guard to make a decision. Am I going to go over the top, or am I going to fill this hole right here? And whatever he did, the running back played off of it. And it mm-hmm. worked great. And you'd have your tackle pull around, and it looked really cool. But when you'd look at it on film, you'd be like, dude, it looks like I'm stepping the wrong way. Like, mm. what, what is going on? And you'd see guys do it from other teams. Like, what are they doing? Oh, I get it. They're sealing the backside. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you do things like that, little adjustments in games, and then all of a sudden PFT's like, oh, we went the wrong way. <laughs> Like, dude, you don't know. What, yeah, do, what yeah, do you there, know? There are definitely challenges to it. I would say from a reporter's perspective, it's it's very helpful to get kind of a starting point with um, not a, a team you cover, you don't need grades for. Because right. if you're doing your job, then you're going back and watching the entire game film yourself after you've covered the game and talked to everyone about it so you can figure out um, who's, who played well, who felt they played well, right. what happened on certain plays. And then there are great numbers that sort of compare across the league. But if I, but if you're playing for Arizona and the Vikings are playing the Cardinals, it's a good overview to see like, okay, well, this guy is grading extremely well. Why would that be? If uh, you're curious at all, you graded well through your whole career. Um, from pro football, that's surprising though, because yeah. I used to I used to say such terrible things about them to the media, and I always thought that they'd come back at me, but it never bothered me because. At the end of the day, as long as my coach and the players in the room were like, "Hey, man, you're doing great," I never cared what people outside the room thought. Yeah, no, that, and and I and I think that you you shouldn't. But I was curious about your thought on that. And basically, there are guys though that do. Yeah, that they yeah. look at it religiously. Yeah, like, yeah. can you believe my grades down? I'm like, can you believe that you're looking at that right now? <laughs> like, coach just said you played great. I said you played great. You're worried about what some guy in Ireland thinks, dude. Wake <laughs> up. Uh, they've moved to Cincinnati now. Oh, um, even better. And I, and I think that uh, now, so I they come on the show and things like that, the guys from PFF, and it's fun to get the, the sort of unique perspectives on how they're trying to view the game and a lot of the statistics that they can give you. So I can tell you exactly how many seconds Kirk Cousins spent in the pocket and draw some cool conclusions from that. Like last year, the Vikings had a poor offensive line. There's no doubt about that. And Kirk Cousins was still something like 20th in snap to release. Like, well, it's got to be faster, right? right? I mean, he he can't hold on to the ball that long. So there are a lot of things that you can sort of draw and and take away from it. But if you're not doing the rest of the work, which means going up to you and asking you what happened on plays or in games, then you're probably not getting the full story on it. That's how I Yeah, that too. Plus, I feel like those statistics, especially for an offensive lineman, like people look at those and they're like, oh man, he gave up like five hurries last year. That's a lot. Like you're like, dude, a hurry? We're worried about a hurry over here. I mean, I'll, I'll give up a hit if I have to. I mean, I'm not afraid. I, at the end of the day, the quarterback's got to get paid something too, right? You got to take a little bit. Of, I got to make sure you're still human back there, dude. Come on, you haven't talked too much lately. Oh, they tried to take that out of the game last year, allowing quarterbacks to be hit at all. Yeah, that just ruined the game. Absolutely, and it's yeah. almost like this PI one. This thing's driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's going it to be a huge it through the first four weeks. It's going to be a huge problem. Then they'll figure it out. No, well, the problem right? is I don't think they're going to. And you know, everyone's like, "Listen, this is great." And yeah, when you slow down the game, it looks different. I agree, but here's my problem: most of these plays that are big chunk plays are on pick plays, so these are all coming back. I mean, if the coach is even like, I think for a, maybe a second they might have touched him. Throw the flag out there. You're going to win. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's just, but all these high scoring offenses are going to come back down because everybody's just picking off each other. They're all running into each other. So all of a sudden, the coaches guys go, hey, listen, if you want to throw the flag out there, we saw it for sure. And it's just going to kill the game. So I'm conflicted on this because I think when you can get 50 yards on a play, then it's worth reviewing just as much as anything else, like a turnover or something that could be a huge play. But from the other perspective, instant replay has just been like this growing monster in our lives to where Little League World Series, they're reviewing stuff. Make it stop. Uh, My whole life is being reviewed in sports here now. It's driving me crazy. Everybody needs it. Just I need need a second look at it. No, dude, listen, the human error makes it fun. And for me, when you stop the game, the momentum changes, right? Like say you get that 50-yard play and all of a sudden they're like, hey, we want to look at it. Okay, well, now that's a 50-yard chunk. We're feeling really good. Now I got to wait five minutes before we start feeling good. You just killed the momentum of this. Yep. whole game just because the sports betting is becoming so big for everybody I mean, it kills the momentum for fans it kills the momentum for just i mean like in terms of the crowd getting yeah. ramped up i think it, it entirely 
sucks that out of the game in almost everything. I was at a baseball game that was completely meaningless in September, and a guy dove for a ball, and the crowd goes crazy. Great catch. No, no, no. We've got to review it. And then it didn't happen. It wasn't a catch. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I take it back. I I take my cheers back. (laughs) I I mean, I guess I'm not so upset about that. Like, if something didn't happen that they say happened, I get that you got to go back and look at that. It's this whole... There doesn't have to be a flag to throw the red challenge flag. Now now you've just opened the doors for everybody. Oh, sure, yeah. And sure. now everybody's going to be like, hey, listen, they're on a momentum drive. Next time you even think they're going to throw a pick at each other, just throw the red flag. Stop them. Let's get a new defense out there. Let's get a new D-line. It's just it's too much. And these coaches are smart enough to go, hey, listen, how can we go through these lines of the rules? How can mm-hmm. we break the rules a little bit to help us in a different way? Sure. And that's what yeah. they're so good at. I mean, Think about it. I remember times when we would be out of timeouts and the defense would be out there and they'd be driving. All of a sudden, someone would go down. Oh, my, my leg. My leg. Oh, my God, my leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, my leg. the, the oh, Patriots famously right. did that with, I think, was it Willie McGinnis? Yeah. Too? Dude, we used to have guys on yep. our defense do it all the time. Oh, my God, my leg. It hurts. Falls down. You know, trainers run out there. Dude, get up. Get up. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. We're good. We, we switched everybody out. We subbed. We're good. <laughs> they, they just find ways around things. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the um the the best parts of football is finding the tiny little advantages. I think. Hey. Uh, let's take a break here. Alex Boone, former Viking, is in studio, and we have to talk about fullbacks and neck rolls yes. because I could not convince CJ Ham to wear one, and uh, I th- I think we've got a good case for it. Let's oh, talk for sure. about that uh, when we return. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Two fifty here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Just over a day now until we get to see the Vikings play again. Besides what Kirk Cousins is obviously looking for in that game, we want to know what you're looking for tomorrow as the Vikings take on the Saints. You can let us know immediately after it ends as we're bringing back Vikings event line early this year for the first time ever after a preseason game. Manny Hill and Judd Zalgad will be giving their thoughts as well as listening to yours right after the game ends tomorrow night uh, right here on Score North. Between the Vikings and the Saints, that's your score note download. Now back to Purple Daily. All right, we are back here for one more segment with Alex Boone, former Viking. This has been a lot of fun, man. I know. I've had a great time. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, so you and I were exchanging some emails about neck rolls with fullbacks because I wrote about fullbacks and how the Vikings are going to use them a lot, which is just exciting to me. It man. is. It's like, it is. The days of Lorenzo Neal and Sam Gash, and like so glad you said Lorenzo Neal. Isn't he the best? I do. Uh, I, every now and then I go on with him on his radio show, and we talk, and we get so hyped up together because mm-hmm. we'll start talking about ISOs and like middle linebackers, a lineman and a fullback. Man, oh man, That's we had some serious talks. He's great. He had a neck roll. And also deserves whatever Ladanian Tomlinson did in San Diego. All the credit. Lorenzo Neal should be right there. Like, on whatever it's, the records, like, yes. put in parentheses, also Lorenzo Neal. Yes. That guy took so much punishment for Ladanian Tomlinson to gain all those yards. It's incredible. It was awesome. I mean, I remember our fullbacks. My first fullback in the league was uh, Moran Norris, and he was a big dude. Like, just fire plug of a dude just coming down the <laughs> A-gap, and he would put his head down. And then it was Bruce Miller, and then here Bruce we had Miller, Zach yeah. Line. I mean, we I've had some great fullbacks. I'm, I'm almost sad, though, because I feel like that position is kind of fading out. And we were talking about this before. Like, When could a position in the NFL just like evaporate? Like, Now right. everyone has two yeah. running backs, and you're like, nah, dude, that's not fun anymore. Right. Yeah. It, like, Think of it for any other position. Like, oh, there just aren't guards anymore. Yeah. So we're going <laughs> to get rid of our guards. It's going to be a vacant space. <laughs> it's so, Trust us. Because I was watching a game from 96 with Sam Gash, because I got into this conversation with CJ after we did the interview about, like, he had never heard of Sam Gash. And I was like, oh, man. This guy was a house. Like, he really? would just wreck people. Yeah, and so I was surprised he'd never heard of him, but I guess he retired in, like, 2010 or something. So, anyway, um, just the fullback position, I think, if you are using it correctly in today's game, can really work because linebackers weigh 230. Yeah. Instead of 270, LeVon Kirkland is coming yeah, downhill no. on you. I, that would be terrible for a fullback, but now you could just plow people, I think. I mean, I, if you think about it, the linebacker in now in the NFL are these guys that have to cover fast tight ends. They yep. have to be able to be in the middle of the field quickly. So you're right. You want to run an ISO? Dude, 275 pounds down the A-gap rail. Let's see what happens. I mean, we had a guy, a Samoan guy, uh, Will Tukuwafu, and he was a defensive lineman. He was 295 pounds, but he could run 10 yards faster than anybody you ever saw. <laughs> and they used to love putting him in on ISO, and he would bend other guys' face masks. I remember he hit Bart Scott one time. We were playing the Jets at MetLife, and it was 37 Bob, 
And I remember looking at him and I was like, dude, this is going to be great. He goes, watch this. <laughs> as fast and as hard as he could, he hit right through the B gap and he hit Bart Scott so hard, he squealed and he fell over. And I was like, oh my God, he killed him. <laughs> they don't have that anymore. No, I mean, they, they don't. literally don't yeah. want And I don't know why, because I feel like the teams that still play Smash Mouth football are still the most fun teams to watch because they're the ones that are grinding it out. You know, yeah. not this like I'm going to set back and throw it 50 yards. No, I want to see you run it 50 yards. I want to see you smash somebody over and impose your will on people. It was fun last year that the Patriots threw out James Devlin, who's just oh, this yeah. old school fullback. He might have a neck roll. I'm not he sure. He does. I think he, he does. does. Yeah, okay. He does. Yeah, because he scored two touchdowns, I think, against the Vikings, like one yard touchdowns. And I was like, okay, this is great. This it's, is it's like awesome. this fullback scoring touchdowns. Not only awesome. that, but their game against the Chargers, that was so fun to watch. I, yeah. All I remember was watching the Chargers, and then somebody had to correct me. I know that it was all backup linebackers, but they. I remember watching them walk off the field holding their shoulders like, no, nah, I'm done. I, I cannot take this yeah. anymore. And then you're right. It's because these linebackers are are so groomed to hey, we got to cover the middle of the field. We got to you got yep. the seams, you got the flats, you got this. That they're like, hey, listen, if you got the ISO, boy, you better really strap it up and take it on. I mean, they don't <laughs> yeah. know what to do anymore. Yeah, I mean, I remember guys would fall in the hole, and you'd be like, really, dude, you'd fall <laughs> down in the hole. You'd be that guy, wouldn't you? Uh, did you have a favorite player growing up, like a '90s player? I mean, I, I know that I could name fifty uh, of oh, just dude. '90s players, but since you and I grew up in the exact same age. I feel like you'll have somebody great that you loved. I used to have a lot of offensive linemen that I used to watch, like Tony Baselli. Yeah, I mean Tony was he was a monster. Uh, Jonathan Ogden, I used to love watching him, and it was fun because I played with Justin Smith, who played against Jonathan Ogden. And oh, he sure, was yeah. like, dude, he was every bit of a man. Like he would mm-hmm. just one hand smack you around and. Walter Jones. I remember Walter Jones never showed up for training camp, but played. Oh yeah, he's a monster, immaculate in the season. And it was so like, how could this guy do that? It was incredible. Larry Allen. I met Larry Allen at the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and he was one of the funniest guys I ever talked to in my life. Uh, Richmond Webb was a guy because I grew up in Buffalo, and he would go against Bruce Smith Oof. twice a year, and. To me, there is no reason why Richmond Webb is not in the Hall of Fame because he was going up against Smith all the time and would never give up a sack. I mean, unbelievable. It was just, it was Bruce just incredible. Bruce Smith, what a guy. I know. Every bit. I, I played with Barry Sims, whose first start was against Bruce uh, Sims, and he told me, he goes, dude, that guy brought the thunder. Like yeah, He was like, he was I've never unreal. been so afraid of somebody in my life. Because he'd go at like 290 and yes. could jump over you if he wanted to. Most athletic yeah. person, I think. And so underrated. Like I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for what he did. You know what? He, they would also play 3-4 and he would move inside over the guard a lot of times too. Incredible. And just beat guys inside as well as outside. Beat double teams inside. That's where it started. Yeah. They'd start moving defensive ends in because they found out that guards were slower. And yep. so if you could get them off their like intersection point, oh, it would ruin them. It yeah. ruined and it's still they still do it not a day where they bring these defensive ends in. It was it was a lot of fun to watch Bruce and Bryce Pop out there. Um, great times, Alex. This has been super fun. I I hope we can do this more often because it's just great to hear your perspective on football. And I promised everyone that they would really want to hear what you have to say, and I think it was worth it. So. Thanks for coming in, man. I Thank hope we you. can do it again soon. This Absolutely. has been great. So fun. Um, we're going to take a break. Uh, Dave Campbell from the Associated Press is going to jump on. We're going to talk a little bit of preseason football and what we're looking for on Friday night. If you missed any of our conversation with Alex Boone, go to wherever you get your podcast, type in Purple Daily, and you will get two hours of football right in your brain every single day. So we'll be right back here on Purple Daily on Score North. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.